Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the TF Tuesday podcast. My name is Zil, and I'm also joined by my co-host Calibra. How are you doing, Calibra? Doing okay. Um, did you did you see that little uh, clip that came out from the super, about the Super Mario Brothers movie? I did. <laughs> Do you know how happy that made me? <laughs> I can only imagine uh, the uh, little map uh, showing the little truck going across uh, uh, New York. From, I thought was from Brooklyn cute. to Queens. Yeah. <laughs> but they used a song. Yes, they did use the song, which I did, I did appreciate. I was... Now I want to see the movie for real. Yeah, that actually, like might have like i mean okay let me be honest i wanted to see the movie because of bowser already i wanted that also like you know i wanted to see it but 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 now i'm like all right you have me now (laughs) well we'll we'll, we'll see if it continues to uh be that promising yeah so we have a a very excited guest with us today anti-freeze but before we get to him just a quick note again as always if you would like to support us you can always check us out on Patreon. If you want to help keep the show going and such, it's patreon.com slash tftuesdaypod. Or if you have any questions, you don't even need to be on the Patreon. You can always tweet questions at us with hashtag tftuesdaypod or comment on YouTube. Um, And if you are watching on YouTube, please leave us a like or subscribe and ding the bell and all those wonderful things. All right, that's out of the way. So Antifreeze is here with us today, and we're really excited to be chatting with him about a variety of different topics. So uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Antifreeze, uh, mostly known on Twitter for transformation writing and role-playing, and I'm also known uh, as Microphone Underground on for Affinity, and that was just something I just made up at the current time when I wanted to know, like, just make a login. So uh, I just go by Antifreeze now, or Anti, or whatever you want to call me it doesn't really matter that's just my handle i gotta say i remember i remember when the name microphone underground because you were somebody who was commenting on my stuff like in the early years of posting exactly i don't know why i created it though i mean i i probably was drunk and i was like okay i gotta see these like adult stuff so i gotta make a login so fuck it make whatever it fucking worked, though. It does. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's Microphone Underground commenting again. I appreciate it. But yeah, so you roleplay and you write. So like, I don't know, did one spur the other for you? Or, you know, or did you just kind of jump in? Like, okay, you know what the most interesting thing is, like, breaking into roleplaying? Because it's something I never pictured doing. But then one day, it's kind of like, hey, you wanna? Uh, yeah. So I don't know, like, what your experience with that was actually like, doing that. I think you know, it it segues into a lot of people want in transformation, and usually what happened is that I started off with role playing, where you know I was trying to want a certain thing, but no one really could give me what I needed in that sense. And so what happened is I started to develop, you know, details of how a transformation happened. And I was like, wait a minute. If I'm being so detailed in these transformations, why not just create my own stories? And so, you know, I, I kind of started off, you know, bad grammar, all that stuff. But it was kind of helping me develop a skill set to develop my own writing. So role playing first. And then I started writing to kind of create stories that I know that would resonate with people because kind of that role playing aspect is understanding 
what a person wants and needs out of a transformation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you get a lot of do you RP at the beginning, for lack of a better term? See, that's a thing too. It's a there's proper ways of going about it. Like mm-hmm. I know the common ways of like sending notes to people on FA. You know, that's very I can't think of the word of it. It's just it's not rude, it's just kind of weird and awkward because it's not the proper place to ask those type of questions. There's other sites yeah. out there. So, mm-hmm. but you know, kind of you know, when I first started in the fandom, which was around uh, 2002 or 2003, there really wasn't any sites. There was just mostly chat rooms and all that stuff. So, but it was just right. kind of like, you kind of know where certain sites that, where you could probably find partners for that and where you shouldn't be really asking for that because, you know, that's not the proper channels in a sense. Mm-hmm. What would you say like were the right sites back then versus maybe what the right sites are now? Oh, the, the biggest one, obviously, you know, and you're going way, way back, was Choose Your Own Change when that was the really <laughs> heavy site because, <laughs> I mean, everyone, you know, talks about now, like, who cares about it? And if you're really coming in the fam, you don't really know about it. But really back in the day, you know, there was TF Web Rings. Those were for, like, the artworks, but, like, and transfer as well but like choose your own change is really the kind of the site because there was like forums there was chat rooms and it was a really a centralized transformation site that wasn't just furry it could be you know for muscle it could be for waking it could be anything so it was a kind of a channel where you can find people to kind of do that stuff with but Mm -hmm. uh, you know now as the phantoms kind of evolved and uh, the internet's kind of expanded. There's, you know, more proper channels for that. Yeah. yeah it's, I, I would think that it also has to do with um, a lot of things were created at a need. Exactly. When um, I'm sure the right people have uh, noticed, you know, people echoing men, you know, uh, just it'd be nice to just be able to do this more often or something. Because that's how a lot of the stuff is born. Uh, just a lot of community-driven stuff is made by the community. I don't yeah. think there's going to be like any like you know Twitter red coming out for your RP tweets. You know <laughs> that shit. That shit ain't happening. So people, so so it's like done by and for the way I see it. And if I'm wrong, I'd be fucking shocked. Like who's who's like whose deep pockets are funding? You know. Uh, whatever site, but that that usually isn't the case. So, uh, I I think, it, but that is good to think about because um, I have just been accustomed to having a presence, people noticing, and then asking me for things, whether it's RP art or both, you know. So I just kind of didn't really think about where are the spaces that are most appropriate for this. It's been like a fucking organic thing, and you know. And I'm just like, well, I guess that's how fucking people are, and I'm not really looking for it. (laughs) Well, even, like, you know, just building off of, like, how it used to be in the past, I know that, like, particularly myself, when I started getting into role-playing and such, and this was kind of before I was even, like, putting out art content or was known for that. CYOC definitely was one of them. Also, and again, dating myself here, Yahoo Messenger. Mm -hmm. That that shit got a lot of use back in the day, and, I mean, (laughs) obviously that does not exist anymore but it was really useful to have that kind of like a chatting service because 
it felt very comfortable to then like jump into a role-playing situation. And I guess like Telegram is the substitute now for that. I, I mean, I guess I don't use that for anymore, but I'm sure there are people who, who do use it for that. Mm-hmm. But um, it's interesting to see how it's kind of evolved over the years. So I guess, you know, reflecting back on what you use most frequently now, do you default to like a Telegram or are there like specific other spaces, F lists, mm-hmm. things like that, where you kind of like find people? So kind of the interesting thing too is, you know, we kind of talk about how transformation is a kink. And mm-hmm. when we think about, you know, kink nature and all that stuff, you know, it's one of many things that can be, you know, bundled up together as a package. So you yeah. one of the kind of common ones that I visited is F-List. Uh, you know, that's probably the mm-hmm. most, I would say infamous one, but kind of where a lot of people will flock to. Or it's not just for yeah. transformation; it's for other kinks as well. But it's a it's kind of a place where, like, if you wanted to find a certain you know niche, a kink, you'll probably find it there. But uh, for other places, they use Discord as well here and Telegram as you know, kind of like you know peer to peer chat clients. But yeah. really, kind of like I said, as you know. COIC was the original one, but now as the internet's kind of evolved, there's kind of a more open space to have that. But still, they, uh, you know, there's always going to be new opportunities that, that pop up uh, for people to kind of explore that uh, transformation in a sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, COIC is very like Web 1.0, especially like, you know, you go back and you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's that's the design from like the '90s and like early aughts. You can you can really see the visual mm-hmm. flair there, which is kind of funny. And kind of in a way too, like with CYC, if, if anyone has never visited, what basically what it was, it was basically a choose your own adventure story, but it was for transformation. And so, in a sense, that was kind of role play because you would fill out a portion of the story either leading to a transformation or the transformation itself, and then you would expect a reply of someone continuing on the story or continue on the transformation. But, you know, like I said, as it has evolved now, now it's kind of more like there's still message boards, but people kind of want more yeah. instant action. So, you know, chat-based ones is uh, kind of the more route where people go to now. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will also say about CYOC, one of the things that they have that I did like beyond, of course, like the interactive kind of storytelling format, there are a number of TF stories like standalones that are archived on there that used to exist on other places on the internet and have disappeared from them, but still exist on CYOC. Um, there is some absolute bangers of inanimate TF stories on there, like 10 out of 10. And I just, I appreciate that they've been archived there because they've disappeared from the other places online. So if CYOC was to ever go down, I would be very upset uh, for that specifically, but in general, from like a historical sort of archiving perspective. I think what would matter more is highlighting it because any very large pool of content, you know, highlighting certain things is really what matters as far as I'm concerned. Because if anybody can throw anything into it, you suddenly you suddenly have to really explore. And even though you can find like some okay things, if you're saying, "Oh yeah, you know, there's like good shit there," like really, where? <laughs> For the love of God, where? I I have all my favorites bookmarked, like straight up. 
there. Okay, point. good. You can start <laughs> sharing some uh, some links with people at some point. Yeah, yeah. So um, start asking you for it. Yeah, um, I guess then, like you know, going back to like the role playing focus in your experience, what do you think makes for a good role play? Like, what do you kind of look for? when you are chatting with a new person and trying to figure out if maybe they would be a good role play partner. So I would say for sure, like I don't say like a level of commitment, but, but kind of understanding what they're getting at. Cause I know we had this discussion before at Anthrocon, you know, we mm-hmm. were talking before like, okay, I love werewolves, but if you're kind of into transformation, you kind of want to understand what the direction of what they need out of the werewolf transformation. Because when you talk about a transformation to kind of like our group in a sense, people want to kind of know more about what really gets to you. Are you the type of person in a werewolf transformation that wants a full moon? Or are you the person in a transformation that wants the shape shift at will? know what kind of direction do you like in a transformation do you like it painful do you like it pleasurable do you like to lose your mind to the instincts of the transformation itself so mm-hmm. and once you like, kind of understand what that person needs then you can kind of really help them out and also kind of make a, a great scene of what they kind of want because i think sometimes too when you're trying to talk to a person, and I think this doesn't just go with the role play, I think it just goes to just general chat like one on one. There's a fear sometimes of even though we're in the same, you know, transformation sphere, if you're kind of new to it or you're kind of trying to explain what you need, you're, there's like a sometimes a fear of even though we're the same person, I'm afraid that what I say might be shocking to you. And it, even if it isn't, but there's that little anxiety of really getting to the, the core of what you like in a transformation. I think that sometimes people are a little bit shy to open up about that. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of helping understand of what they really actually need because sometimes they need a, like an experienced partner to kind of, I don't say force it out, but kind of like help them like nudge it. Yeah. You, you, it's God, it's so hard over text to do that. Um, and even with, uh, you know, enthused people to kind of approach you in the first place, you can get left, uh, holding the bag for what to do next, mm-hmm. which makes for a very unpleasant experience when you are the one, uh, doing all the work, uh, taking, you know, doing all the direction and really putting yourself into it while the other one's just kind of like going along for the ride Mm -hmm. you know but it is a it is a good point though i will just say of like you know when you're new at it it can be really hard to even say what you want and so when you're going in that dialogue back and forth sometimes someone might not even know how to respond so they almost have to take that like riding along position at first i get that um Mm -hmm. i guess i guess i was i guess i also just wanted to I was going to get to the fact that I think it's great. It's a great idea to think about what they're looking for. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got needs and boundaries. Um, I think most reasonable people can feel those out well enough. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a really good one. It's like, what are you looking for out of this in particular? 
Um, because yeah, it's, it's, it's all about wants. It's supposed to be for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll say too, and this is kind of like, it's kind of a bundled package, but it goes with the like, kind of the yin and yang of transformation in terms of art and writing. When people see art, you know, obviously their eyes see whatever they want to see and kind of comprehend. Mm-hmm. But where the words come in, it's kind of like, oh, this is what's happening. This is this is actually turning me on. And I think that sometimes when people, that they can't do art, they want to write. And then what happens is though they see a piece of art, they're trying to understand and really type up the words of, what a person's going through and what are the senses and all that stuff. And I think, you know, from role play, that kind of helps develop that, that skill set of if, okay, if I can't do art or that's not my forte, then I want to kind of describe in detail of the scene that's going on. And so that's kind of where I was like talking about how when I first started writing, it was through role play because I couldn't find, the stuff that I wanted, but then as I was kind of right. developing those details and scenes, I could be able to kind of picture something without, I mean, right now, if I was to like, hey, Auntie, can you make a story for me? Like, oh, clowns, even though that's not my forte, but <laughs> I can, like, I'm so experienced now that I can probably write a detailed story about someone turning to a clown and I don't need a picture to give me that input like okay this is what needs to happen but i think that's where like people come in time they're like oh my god this is artwork this is so great i can't do it but i need to describe it i think that's where that anxiety of you know trying to okay can you please rp because i want to kind of i sell this artwork and i want to replicate this in a a scene but i don't really know what Mm -hmm. i want but and i think that's where it kind of comes into play yeah, and I mean, obviously, I think one of the things that goes hand in hand with role play as well is the fact that you're getting that live dialogue mm-hmm. that's almost building the story in your mind. And so having someone else also like, you know, versus writing solitarily, when you have someone else who is feeding into that fantasy and responding in a way that really meshes with you, it can make it even more powerful because it's almost like someone else has like partnered with you here to bring the content that, like you said, you really want to see replicated in written form to match up with, say, a picture or an idea that you have. Mm -hmm. And when you find that sort of connection, uh, it can be really impactful, right? Exactly. And I think another thing, too, is that I know know AI is becoming a thing, and I know there's been actually some chatbots that do transformations, but the thing is you're talking to a computer... I think one of the magical things about role play that people like at times too is that there could be a sudden randomness like, okay, I tell you about a scene that I really want to do, but at the end of the day, you know that the person on the other end is a human and they could describe something to you that you've never thought of before and Mm -hmm. it clicks to you like, wow, I never thought of this. And it's totally like I never expected it. And I think that's what kind of gets at people where, you know, between wish fulfillment and kind of like being forced into a transformation. It's like sometimes when you ask people to transform you, you kind of like, you know, I I feel kind of like this is not what I wanted. But like when you're being forced, you're allowing yourself to be 
transformed by someone else without your control and it's kind of like if it if it's so unexpected but it totally hits your cores of what you need you feel kind of like validated in what you've kind of mm-hmm. searched for and i think that's why why a lot of people kind of agonize over role play is that they're searching for that type of validation in a way of okay this person totally gets what i've always needed the the way to verbalize this in a way that I think a lot of people can understand is you can either masturbate or you can have somebody else do it for you. Exactly. No matter how good, <laughs> no, matter, no matter no matter how good a time you can have on your own, it is always uniquely better or at least uniquely good when somebody else is taking the wheel for that. So, in your description of an AI and how that works where a human could throw a variable at you and the AI will be programmed to essentially feed into what you want to hear, which can be great. But in that sense, that's why I would refer to it in these cases as a sex toy. Mm-hmm. You know? much. And I'll say like the, the, like the harmony sort of the kind of harmony you can get with somebody when they throw in an idea or perspective. Yes, that's very fun. So I am, I do appreciate that you brought up that, you know, if anybody's thinking of chat bots for RP, then yeah, I think they could consider that, you know, it mm-hmm. is tough to get somebody who matches your wavelength because as I keep telling people, especially with this, because transformation is so varied and nobody's going to have the exact same interests you have. Nobody. There's going to be somebody who will like agree with you on everything. And then at some points, you're both going to have a thing for each other where you're just kind of like, nah, I don't get it. But the, mm-hmm. but the point is that you, you have the general vibe. And once you find somebody like that, you can like expand each other's interests and enjoy a lot of things that you, you know, that you want. Uh, and only people will really be able to give you that. Um, and I guess, I guess that's also my way of saying that if, if RP is a big deal for you and you want to keep doing it, uh, looking for like, I don't know, just every now and again, however often it happens, it's just really nice when you can find somebody to do that with. Exactly. And like I said, that's in the end, like I said, you, you talk about masturbation, all that stuff. And I think, like I said, it's, I think sometimes people just they want to be validated because I know there's been some times where someone has maybe like a, a specific like mermaid type of transformation that you know no one can really give them to them so they struggle on and on and on to find that partner that can really describe a transformation that they've always been thinking about but really can never find a person to deliver it and so once they find it, it's kind of like, oh my god, I've waited all these years to, you know, find someone that understands me and understands what I've always felt for this type of transformation. I think that's been kind of, like I said, it's not just about just the transformation itself. It's about kind of like a person's own uh, personal interest and validation of, okay, I'm understanding. I'm not really weird because I think sometimes especially in the transformation because we're talking about a person like maybe shifting from a normal human to like a certain type of fool toy. It's like, why, why am I having these thoughts? Why, why do I have a feeling I want to be inflated and pop, you know, 
am I yes. am I going insane because you know I shouldn't be it's not like I'm not thinking about being killed by hopping I'm thinking of being reformed mm. into something else but yet it makes me feel it's weird the sensation exactly the so, sensation alone is the thing that matters just like um just like the specific people who are into birth you know and someone's like breeding, you know, like, no, I don't, I don't want to breed anything. I just want to see eggs. I want carefree fun. Exactly. Like, there, there is that distinction to be made, just like what it is with popping. Like there's this yeah. uh, one, this one commissioner, SL1, who has gotten a lot of work of this, like, um, I don't know if it counts as like a google character or something like that but it's always like fill to pop and the pop is the the euphoria and the character specifically designed to do that over and over again Mm -hmm. right yeah you know i i think that's a that's a really good point i did want to actually touch on something though before we get too far away from it when we were talking about the ai bots and i think this ties in a little bit to kind of the role-playing stuff that we've talked about I will say from personal experience, I used to do a lot of role playing and I got burned one too many times and then I got jaded and I stopped. And some of these AI bots are quite good. There was one actually that Blue Balls made. Um, It was like a magic dragon guy. I think his name was Dorazon or something. Um, I I like messed around with that one. I had better like role plays than I've had fucking ages. But I guess what I'm asking with that is, you know, a lot of people, I think they are looking for exactly what you're saying, really looking for that person who can respond back and they can go through so many different, not great experiences and then kind of get jaded. So my question for you is almost, have you like had to grapple with any of that sort of like feeling of jadedness? And if not, how do you think you were able to kind of best connect with someone who like gave back to you the energy that you were looking for and putting out you know that was the initial is like i don't want to say tough it out but it's kind of like in transformation i, I think that's a lot of things that there's a lot of it's it's almost, I, I kind of say a transformation itself is a very selfish kink because it's relying on what your personal interests are and so i think if you were to say, like, are you a person that loves to be transformed versus do you like to transform people? I think 80, 90 percent would probably say I would love to be transformed and not really transform a person. So, yes. <laughs> and I think I think there's a lot of jadedness because of that that ratio of people that transform versus not transform in a in a role play. And I think that's where you don't kind of find that person. So. For me, you know, going through the motions, it's like I couldn't find a person that could really hit my interest. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take time away to not be focusing myself as being the person that gets transformed. And I'm going to actually devote my time to actually start transforming people. And I think what happens, too, is that once they kind of see that you have a reputation of transforming people, they actually would be a little bit open, like open to do mutual transformations as long as they're the first person and they'll, they'll do it back to you. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like sometimes kind of understanding too, like, are you a person that is really not really reciprocal? Cause sometimes it's reputation based where like, okay, this person yeah. is just, you know, they're always going to be asking for, uh, to be transformed, but they're not really, going to be reciprocal of like giving back so 
you know, sometimes it's a reputation, but like I said, you can be jaded easily too about that. Yeah, I was just going to say that I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a selfish kink. Everybody wants to be pleasured in the Mm -hmm. way they want to be pleasured. It shouldn't have to be said. I think it's more, I think it's far more uh, easily noticed with this because the one who has to do it to the other has to really put in the work. You know, it's easy to say like, oh, I do this to you. And it's like, oh, then that feels good. But if you're writing it, then you have to really thoughtfully target the buttons of the other person and make it so that the experience is worthwhile for both of you, really. Because if you're not getting a reaction from somebody else, then you're also not having any fun. And um, yeah, I... I I wouldn't say it's selfish, but in a way that uh, that is more demanding. It is more than one sided. I would dare say that anybody who likes to be changed would do well to describe their own feelings, you know, and how they are enjoying it, because then that would give the person doing the work something to work with. If you are just like, oh, yeah, give me more, my, you know, my, my groin feels good, you know, and that's all you're giving, <laughs> you know, then that's going to be a, that's going to be like, fuck man. I know it feels good, but give me something more. Yeah. You know, it is definitely it, what Angie said though. I do want to like pick on that too. Like it is true that there is a massive imbalance between the, the TF doms and the TF subs. Yes. And, uh, that has always and been I'm a, a dom. <laughs> and I'm a dumb, so I've noticed that it's just like, hey, want to turn me into something? Oh, fuck, man, I, you know, what, what, uh, no, no, <laughs> I, I, I do know how that feels, and mm. you know, and and honestly, because I, I want to pick this up too, the fact that when you're role playing, and you know, you, you've already talked about like being burned, having to like have like a give and take that really, uh, that really helps spur things along, uh, and specifically when you said that people who don't draw end up wanting to write and if you're role-playing and it's not going so well it proves very very quickly that you have to that the good writing takes a lot more effort than a lot of people give credit for exactly because people because people look at um people look at solid visual art and if they know enough they start thinking, oh, the hours of practice, the years of experience, you know, uh, the, the library of knowledge that you have to build up, you know, it's so fucking overwhelming if you're not just in, uh, if you're not just into like wanting to do it, you know, if your motivation isn't there, the art is too hard to make. So you go and write, you're like, I can just talk about my thing and use some flower, flowery language. I mean, people can do it, exactly. even like people who aren't like you know literarily proficient or have a big vocabulary they can tell things in creative ways that can really get you into a story you know they can but to like really thoughtfully do it consistently holy shit that takes effort so whenever i've done role play and or or written something and people have come back to me like holy shit that was actually really good i'm happy because I don't really write, but if I do and it has an effect on people, then I know I did something right. This also means that anything I do later on, I'd like to improve on. But yeah, just, um, you know, that's why people who have like writing as their passion, I take, I take a look at and I'm like, okay, 
let me see because it can come from a few different places of motivation. And if you're using writing as a substitute for visual art, you're not going to have a good time. And I'd like to say too, and as I discovered, you know, as I'm kind of been helping transforming people, <laughs> I know that my skills are good. And I really, when I really get to them and you know that like, okay, they're probably, you know, masturbating on the other side of the, on their side of the computer because you can kind of tell like you know their the replies are getting shorter and they're trying to you know <laughs> <laughs> use one hand on, on their dick and then the other one on their keyboard but it's just kind of like you kind of you know that you got them because and that it, it, that's kind of a thrill for me in a sense where you've got really to what they, their needs are in their core and they're really aroused about it so you know, I think that's kind of this thing as I discovered, it, not just about really what interests me in transformation, but understanding what interests others in transformation. And mm-hmm. also kind of you're developing, as you're hearing all these stories about what interests people, you start kind of developing, I don't say like a skill set, but kind of a library of like, okay, if like 10 people are talking about the same type of, you know, pool toy or latexification type of scenes, mm-hmm. this is probably something that resonates with a lot of people because it's being talked about over and over and over. So you really, even if they're kind of shy, like another person is shy about talking about maybe what interests them in latex, you know from like so much experience of talking to others, like, okay, if I was to say this, you know, you can feel like latex covering over your body and it's steaming and it's like, wait a minute, I never knew this was going to happen before and now this is getting arousing. So it's just using that knowledge base of what really gets at people to really kind of broaden, like I said, what gets to them in a transformation and maybe they're just too shy to talk about it, but searching Mm -hmm. for that person to really hit them hard in what they need. Yeah, and I think that, you know, sometimes it can feel a little rote, but the TF tropes that do exist exist for a reason because a lot of people, like you said, it it resonates with them and they go back to that well again and again because that's the thing that's kind of hitting on the horny nug for them. So I definitely agree with that. There's a reason why there are a lot of common tropes that people see. And, you know, there's also people who obviously are very into the idea of subverting those or doing things that you don't really see often and also hats off to those people. But I think to your point, it's a, it's really good to note that a lot of people are looking for things that do kind of like start to like align after a certain while, which, you know, is good because it's like someone's figuring out what exactly it is that they want or, you know, in the case of people who just open their interests, it's like you're discovering more things that you can like vibe with now. And I think too as well, when you're in role play, I don't want to say you're 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 pushing a person, but I think sometimes the person that is getting transformed, they want to kind of ride the edge of mm-hmm. what makes them comfortable and what makes them uncomfortable. And I think the closer they get to the edge, but they know they're not going over, I think that really hits something that like I said, it it hits more than transformation itself. I think it it's such an it's it's a deep personal level where they're so thankful that like 
okay, I'm not a freak of nature. And, you know, I have all these, you know, dreams that I've been really afraid to talk to others or just because if I yeah. said like something other, I'd be kind of like, oh, wait a minute, even though I'm in transformation, I'm kind of an oddball. Well, you're not really an oddball because I'm, there's probably other people like you out there that maybe they're just afraid as well or you just never found them before. I think that's what kind of, I think this goes just beyond role play. I think role play helps it out, but it's, there's, there's layers more than just that. So yeah. yeah. It's definitely helpful because then you finally get the solid proof because when somebody else is comfortable enough to express the stuff pretty much at any level, you end up forming a connection. And like, even to the earlier points about um, finding out what people want and it being validating is, is this desire for connection that we want? Uh, I find transformation to be a very intimate thing. Uh, so, you know, that's why whenever I paint something, it's usually like alone, two people done like a couple like one or two like three some sort of things it's like a very vulnerable thing so if i'm um if i'm going to be thinking about how this affects other people i think like yes you know if you you're stuck in your own head with this and if somebody's going to be either you know coming along to your boundaries with that or you're inviting them in when that goes over well it feels great um, there's so many gray areas and things that people can just find strange. And I just mean strange. Let's not even get into like what people would consider good or bad. Like, can you just be so odd that the judgment from people that it is odd can be, um, can be crushing. So, you know, yes, uh, there is value in, in making connections through like RP and sometimes and stuff. Um, I guess, I guess that's another reason why I have really started, not started, I have long since turned down solicitations for that shit. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. hi, D-U-R-P, who are you? This is very personal for me. You may not think so, but I have discovered that I don't want just anybody spending, like, like using up my time and my energy in order to you know, in order to give you a good time, because exactly. this will ultimately be for you more than for me. Cause I wasn't asking you, you're asking me, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is like, now I think to myself, okay, so if you started with RP before you, uh, before you were writing, how did you go about finding partners? Because, you know, you could just ask people. And I think that generally speaking it is okay to ask people. It's all about the execution. So, like, where did you go? What kind of etiquette did you feel was best? Did you feel like you ended up getting a good amount of people who gave, you know, satisfactory give-and-take experience? So, kind of like how I went about it is that, like you said, it, like, a lot of things I see is, like, for affinity, no. It's like, why would you do that? That's, you know, really, for affinity, I mean, I don't use the message boards. I think they turned them off now. I think that's been transitioned. But really, like, yeah, they're out, becoming a Discord now or something. Yeah, I sending out notes on for affinity. It, it's like, why would you do that? That's really, it's more for an art site. So, like, what I would do on the chat side is like, okay, I would look in the chat room, see who's on, and, and like, this is like really old days where you didn't really know what they like. So I would kind of like see how they interacted. Like, does this person sound like they're mature enough? Or is this person like really act childish? So 
you know, if this someone is acting mature, then, you know, they, these, they probably, if even if it didn't work out, you know that they at least be a reasonable person. Because sometimes I think there's a lot of etiquette, too, of when you're going through, a, like, this is, because it's a very personal thing, you want to be sure that the person on the other end is going to be respectful and very, you know, if and if they turn you down, they'll say, like, I'm not interested, sorry all that stuff and so really kind of understanding like okay is this person gonna be sure and then kind of understanding too like in a chat room and like what do they what you know like are they interested in anthro transformation and if they start talking about it or latexification okay now i kind of understanding like what they kind of like me is it weight gain and then after kind of like understanding and seeing what this person's like, I would send a message to them like, hey, would you be interested in doing a, a scene based on this? Because I would kind of have an initial understanding of what they could possibly like. And if it was something that, that I want to kind of search for, then I would kind of reach out. So just kind of doing like a little investigation, seeing what they're like, but not really, okay, this person is aligning with everything what I always wanted. And I'm going to, quickly reached out to them for me it was just kind of doing some research on the person and understanding before i made the initial move like okay is this person kind of aligning with what i want because when you're asking when you're doing a commission to a person you kind of you don't want to like go right away like hey give me a commission of an art piece you want to take your time formulate a plan of what you want and then send it out and it's just the same way of finding a partner be like hey I saw you're probably interested in this. Would you be interested in doing a scene with something like this? And from going that, just kind of describing some details of what you want to do and see if we align. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, because, I mean, this this ties into, like, th this approach can be used in general for, like, socializing. I do, I do agree that, you know, if you're going to approach people for any kind of work, um, you should get a sense as to what they might agree to before uh, possibly pushing a boundary. And by pushing a boundary, I only mean in terms of um, like subject matter, like like raw subject matter. You know, if they like drawing medieval stuff for armor or or environments, things like that. Um and in terms of doing that kind of research to approach people, I think that's pretty good. Um, I think that could also be because I'm pretty sure you do this if you approach people is, um, you know, you know, hello, uh, and you state your intention and the reason that you want to talk to them in the first place, you know, without giving them uh, a manifesto or, you know, or your whole life story. You know, it's like, hi, I noticed that, uh, you know, you seem to have a thing for this. I kind of do, too. And I really like the way you do this and that. And I just uh, I wanted to, like, I don't know, maybe do something with you with this or maybe even um, or uh, I don't know, or just hear your thoughts about it, because maybe then we could do something. Uh, yeah, I think the I think I think you could take all this from, like, approaching people for RP and for art, and it's just socializing in general. If exactly. you're going to greet somebody, a flat hello puts all the work on someone else. Someone else vocalized this, and I think in like a TikTok or something, and it was shown to me, and that's and I was just like, oh yeah, that's exactly what it is, you know. And you get like the flat high. You're like, what? What kind of work do you want me to do now? 
You want to talk to me? Tell me why you want to talk to me. So if you're going to RP with somebody, it's like, hi, you RP? You know what? Yes or no doesn't really matter, does it? Because now it's going to have to be like, why? What do you want? What is it? Where'd you find me? And it's just like, now I'm asking you all the questions. Like, please fucking think. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, I think that sometimes too, the, the meme we always talk about in transformations, like you get a note on FA or you get a DM on Twitter and it would just say hi. And there's like no context of what the fuck is like, why are you saying hi to me? Are you trying to reach out for an RP? Are you trying to just talk to me? And I think that's kind of that, that shyness of like, you know, just kind of understand people and just general communication of because I think sometimes too is like and I go back to it like we're like we're a niche community. I mean I don't know how many years, but it's more spelled in the fury community. But I think sometimes there's like I said, a shock of like talking to someone that okay, you, you're interested in transformation. It's like I live in Ireland and like I know a lot of people in the US and like you know, I don't know how to communicate. Well, we we like the same thing. Like, just do a simple communication. It's like, hey, I saw you like to do, like, werewolves. Can we talk about werewolves and all that stuff? And, you know, like a lot of people just, like, well, not all people, but, like, what happens is it's just, like, hi, and they just are shy to talk about more other things. So, it's not just, like, RP as RP, but really RP and anything else. Like you said, Libra, uh, just kind of general communication and just like like revealing yourself as we're not weird people. We're normal people with normal jobs and normal lifestyles. It's just that we're all interested in one thing and it's not really that shocking. It's it's hard because um I feel stuck between sympathy and frustration. Because mm -hmm. uh I tried very hard, as I'm pretty sure both of you did. Oh, yeah. Whenever you did this stuff, you know, you really wanted it to be a worthwhile experience. And you're also kind of mm -hmm. doing it hoping like, yeah, please, me too. Like, and, uh, and like, man, it's so tough to get that reciprocation. And it's tougher than it needs to be and blah, blah, blah. And one of the frustrations is kind of like, hey, I'm making myself just as vulnerable as you are. Like, please, like, at least progressively open up to at least the same level match matching the person's tone and frequency you know what i mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's why people also can be really put off by the prospect of role play even though it can be a lot of fun like holy shit man i do miss it it's really really fun uh but you know depending on the kind of person you are and if you're like me and you find it to be kind of intimate and you're like well i really want to feel more comfortable with this no matter how much i want it yeah it's it's difficult like i almost lost my train of thought because i got really upset <laughs> about it <laughs> well like i said it's so just you know it's not just really about transforming people but you're also like discovering things about yourself you're discovering things about other people and you're set you know you're learning about your vulnerabilities, like you said, and also boundaries because, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be comfortable as well and not just, you know, being someone like being a partner for someone else. You have to have your own boundaries. And if you're not feeling comfortable in doing that, then, yeah, you say, well, I don't want to RP with you because, you know, it doesn't make me feel happy about it. 
Not yeah. only that, but reinforcing your own boundaries because you exactly. can RP and then kind of feel the pressure to perform. Yes, you can, as where as uh, sounds. And some people are just kind of like, man, that kind of sucked because I was hoping they eventually like, do whatever, but I didn't say no, and I was kind of hoping they'd do this. And yeah, it's it's like also reinforcing your own boundaries, even if at the start, like yes or no is less of the thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And- you know, like Zill, fucking. You said that, like, you used to do it a lot, but, like, what was it? Like, now I'm wondering, because, like, okay, first of all, for both of you, like, Zill, you said you don't do it anymore. Uh, Auntie, I don't know if you still do it, but if you don't, what was the breaking point? Like, what made you feel like, yeah, fuck this, I'd rather just not do it unless it's the right person? Well, for me, I'm still doing it, but I'm writing less stories just because of work-life balance, because, like I said... As you keep, as long as you stay in the transformation fandom, and like I'm in my 30s, so I have a real life job. So if I can't write a story, but I still want to con- contribute in transformation in a way, I'll you know I'll commission artwork. But I'll if I want to do something more something personal of me, I'll do role plays. So you know it's finding work life balance and treating yourself. As having fun and not being a resource for other people. I think that's a yes. boundary too. Yes. Yeah. Please. Please. It's it's something that I hear from some people like, man, I finally get to give something back to the community. Like, no, you don't really have to give anything back. What people what some people need to understand is that no matter how much validation you're looking for in a community, you do have to come first. There's no fan base without the content creator, without the artist. So fucking do things for you. So let me ask you a question, Libra. <laughs> what? So do you sometimes feel like, even though you're you're in transformation, that you're you feel like you're like a machine to a like machine to the fandom or a resource where you know you feel I know obviously you feel pressure, but there's some kind of aura that you got to create something in it because of that it kind of doesn't feel fun anymore it feels like you're working a job more than it's a hobby so for me it's a matter of really wanting to communicate with people and if people seem to don't under not understand or not listen that frustrates me Mm -hmm. apathy hurts a lot uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to a number of artists, if you're putting stuff out into the void and you have a certain understanding and expectation, you could be okay just posting to nothing and new one, no one, and saying, "Oh yes, this is a convenient way to share my work with other people." You know, if the time arises. But I would get frustrated when in a space that has a bunch of people who clearly want so much more. Where it's like, hey, I'm here. I'm different. You know, surely you would like something new and different because different things can be very interesting. And then you, and then you know, I've felt and and at least in a few cases that I've actually been able to notice, been like snubbed for like other content or other artists. And I'm kind of like thinking to myself that it hurts because I like so many kinds of styles. I like so many kinds of concepts. I, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy like a fairly broad range of things and I'm willing to give a lot of things a chance. And and I don't understand how people can call themselves open-minded and receptive 
when they don't give people the credit for that. And if I want to, and if and if it comes to my role as to whether I'm a machine that's supposed to produce for other people, it's not so much that as I wanted to lend my voice and my presence to a space that I felt was lacking things I wanted to see. Even if it's something that everybody else already likes that I happen to enjoy, I want to show them what I enjoy about it, you know, and express mm-hmm. that. And if nobody notices, then I feel like I'm losing I'm losing the points of sharing it at all, which kind of kills my drive to create and add to the pool of content. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of, honestly, a lot of artists who have come and gone, I think, have touched on that sense of I'm putting something out and I'm not really getting the response that I was kind of hoping for. And then that frustration turns to apathy. And then that apathy turns to why am I here? And the why am I here turns to leaving, for lack of a better kind of pipeline. So, you know, it's it's tough. I did want to get back to the question you did ask me before about why why it was that I stopped doing role playing myself personally. Um, I don't think there was a specific incident that really sparked it, but I just noticed that the people that I really clicked with, some kind of disappeared, some moved on from doing role play themselves, and I kind of had a dwindling list of people who I would actually like engage with on that front. And I just found that I didn't have the energy to try and sift through new people to find like kind of new role-playing partners. And so it got to the point where, you know, I could count the number on one hand of people that I would actually do a role-play with. And we don't do that much at all anymore. Like it just doesn't Mm -hmm. really happen. So, you know, it was kind of a, a slow petering off for me. And I definitely don't have the energy nor the time to look for new role-playing partners. Um, But I mean, I will say one thing, even if I don't do that kind of role-play anymore, I've noticed that when I have engaged with this kind of kink stuff, like IRL with another person, I do think about those lessons that I've learned from role-playing and I was always a little bit more of like a fluid, oh, I could do either one. I've noticed in person I'm like 100% a TF Dom, and that kind of is interesting to me. But Oh, um, really? Yeah. I would have... I, I Look, I, I, I was absolutely <laughs> sure. I totally assumed that you could give and get it. But I really, really figured you to be the ones who want to take it more. Yeah, you know, I I'm surprised myself too, but um in all of those like IRL situations, I have like 100% been like the dominant force in that interaction and I don't know, I think part of it is also like and I think this builds on something you were saying anti before, you know, getting to see someone else kind of you push their buttons and then they turn to like putty almost between your hands. And you can like really like continue to feed into that. Mm-hmm. There's something really nice to see like see that in person mm-hmm. that I think online doesn't always capture. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was kind of like the deciding factor in terms of me going towards that. But mm-hmm. it kind of aligns with what I think you've kind of laid out antifreeze in terms of like when you are getting those shorter responses and you know that you are getting them in a way that really resonates, it can be personally very satisfying. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes too, like I know there was before the pandemic, 
there was a lot of you know adult transformation panels that like the like anthrocon yeah. and uh you know fernal equinox and i think that's kind of like people they like I said, not just validation but i don't want to say that they like i said it's about being weird but i think mm-hmm. it's the understanding like you know being in, in that real like, real life but being in in real life being in a room with all those people and hearing their own unique uh, transformation stuff, it makes them feel like, wait a minute, if I'm thinking about being becoming a statue, that really, it doesn't make me feel weird. It makes me just feel like, okay, I like this one specific thing. And mm-hmm. it doesn't really have to be adult, but really just being in a room with so many you know, normal people but discussing what they like about the transformation, it doesn't make you feel like you're a weird person. It makes you feel like you're normal. Or like, okay, I like certain things that other people may not like, but that doesn't make me weird. This makes me that I have my own certain things that get to me, and other people have their own certain things that get to them. It doesn't. Yeah. That doesn't change anything. I'm just my own specific person because I could have, you know something about being a dragon where maybe you like being a dragon as well, but we have different sub kinks that we like about it and maybe we don't align on it, but it doesn't make us, you know, different. It doesn't make, we don't have to get angry at each other. It just, uh, it just makes us our, our own unique people and what we feel and what we resonate with transformation. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot about connection. Community means communicating, mm-hmm. and it benefits from some more of that and improving at it as you go along. I just because because for me, I was just noticing the, I was just noting like the increasing like selfishness of a lot of people, you know. So it's just like yeah, you know, <laughs> like do this to me, like oh this is really good, and it's just like oh can we do it again next time? And I'm like, no man, I I'm not I'm not here for you and. Right, that that this ain't this ain't for me, and also I'm glad you enjoyed. Find someone else now. I will say though, alternatively, there are definitely some people who it's like, yes, I'm doing all of the work, but part of the appeal also comes from like, okay, I'm doing all the work now. I'm going to tell you to do something, and then if the person does that, it's like, well, that's if I okay. that's if that's if I have the interest in the other person. I <laughs> guess I, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, I. That is something that, I enjoy. So that, you know, no, I get it because because <laughs> I've I've had interesting reactions. That the, the 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 only thing I can not the only thing I can say, but the only thing I'll say now before making this like about me is like yes, fun shit has happened because I have RP'd with people and pressed their buttons. I feel very good about that. I feel very mm. confident about that. You know, haven't mm. gotten haven't gotten a single complaint. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, I guess I was curious then as well, because, Auntie, obviously you do a lot of writing now in particular, and that kind of stemmed as an evolution from some of the role-playing you did. How did you, like, do that transition? Because I know that for a lot of people, you know, they might get really into role-playing, they, you know, they like the back and forth, but they can find it really difficult to take that energy and then turn it into like Mm -hmm. a solitary solo activity of writing out a transformation how did you kind of like 
surmount those kinds of barriers? Well, it wasn't like something that totally clicked, but it did say I it, I did notice that as I was writing, I was becoming so detailed and like mm-hmm. I was kind of like being able to write not just for myself as my own character, but I could write for another character. And it was just clicking in a sense of, okay, I'm getting this much detail that I had to feel like, okay, I don't need to rely on another person to do my writing for me or to to Mm -hmm. react. So I can do one person and I can do another person. I can have one person change the, the other. And so that was able to kind of give me a signal that once I was getting that detailed, that I could easily make a story now this is role play so really there are some people sometimes where they're they're focused on grammar and all that stuff and when i started writing this was oh about 10 years ago so i wasn't the best at english and i'm not sure i'm sure other people are not good as well but it was just through trial and error of just like okay fuck it i'm gonna make a story see if that clicks with people and then okay even if it didn't get any comments or views. I'm still going to keep on doing it and just making repetition, 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 and just never stopping because I I knew that there was always people out there that had, you know, they're looking for a werewolf transformation, but, you know, they're looking for a certain flavor of it and they couldn't find people that really understood it. So I knew that it wasn't just a transformation of making stories, but understanding now that with this knowledge of having so many role plays, I knew what would get to people because I've interacted with so many people about werewolves that I could use this knowledge to handcraft a story that people go, yes, this is what I've mm-hmm. always been searching for. I've seen it in art, but I couldn't find the right story. It hit the mood where okay, this is a bit, this wasn't totally not consensual, but it wasn't consensual. It was something that hit the sweet spot of it. It was a little bit painful, but it was a lot of pleasurable and it was very erotic. And it had detailed transformations where, okay, you just grew out a tail. Well, why can't the tail, you know, be stretched out a little bit longer in terms of how it grows? How does it feel growing? You know, does the person you know, how does the person react to it? And I think that's where, where people are looking for in a story as well, with not just the details, but all the things that encompasses a transformation. So you like the idea of being able to still get to people through your writing, because like when, you, when you've when RP'd and you want to transition into writing, you like just stories and everything, you end up wanting to still do that. Exactly. Instead of like, um, would that mean that your aim isn't quite expression as it is affecting other people? Like, do you think more about getting a rise out of people more than being like, oh yes, this is something that I want to show other people that I enjoy? Exactly, because I I always kind of refer to one of my main passions outside of. Uh, transformations that I like to watch as a hobby and I think we've talked about it before is professional wrestling and you know using professional wrestling you know there's a thing called heat or you know just you know making people upset or angry 
but really drawing a reaction out of it. And that's kind of always what I've always liked about transformation is not not just what I like about how, you know, people transform, but understanding when something like a new piece of art drops or when something something comes out of media that really gets to people and seeing how they react to it. I want to be able to craft those responses as well where I want to get the morales because I know from experience of transforming people in role play that I want to give that same reaction to people, but even better. So it's kind of a competitive spirit where I want to be that better person. So you, so unless you're, uh, if you're not in the WWF to be the WWF WWF champion, then you shouldn't be in the WWF. Is that what you're telling me? Are you giving me the Stone Cold Steve Austin philosophy of why you're here and what you're doing? Exactly, because I mean, or I'm always <laughs> prefer the Dusty Rhodes, but either way, I'm here to react. Okay, <laughs> wait, hold on, hold on, heel or face? What are you, what, what are you doing? Oh, it's a totally heel because what they. What, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I don't want to totally segue out of it, but uh, basically, between a heel and a face, a face can always go forward. That's their 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 drive. Their that's how they do it. But a heel can go like sideways. They can go whatever it is, and. As a person. they can be a create, they can creatively be a piece of shit. And yes, for anybody who doesn't watch wrestling, because there's plenty yeah, of you motherfuckers who haven't. Yes, heel bad guy, face good guy. Oh, well, well, motherfucker, you have had it explained. But <laughs> you have any more questions? We can make this like a a, a bit of a side wrestling thing uh, at any time. But even though I don't watch it anymore because I am a uh, a filthy crotchety fuck by the standards uh, that we have now, but you know I know some stuff. You know. So wait a minute are you are you looking to are you looking to offend people? Are you looking to get them in the comments? Be like the next time this artist shows up, I hope they write a story about you in a no holds barred scenario where you get totally bitched out and you totally. Are, uh, and you're the one who's like a fucking writhing mess in your new body. <laughs> <laughs> I, at the end of the day, I, I want That's people... the only way I'm thinking it of it. Like, because now it's combat. So, okay, no, but, but okay, wait, seriously. Well, let him um, answer the question. Let him answer the question. No, I'm fighting here now. <laughs> no, you have to. Well, then I'm going to be the referee. Let him answer the question first. Libra, I said, um, I want to be the person that comes into the arena. People throwing soda at me. People throwing chairs. They hate me. I come into the ring. They want to see my get my ass kicked. And, you know, I fight the, the hero of the thing. And I'll, I'll cheat. And I'll make them come back to the next show to see Just if that like happens. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> see, because you did the exact thing that the heel gets is the advantage with the referee. You play with the referee and get their way. Good shit. You are definitely a heel. I am, well, that's what for me. That's what it is when you're transforming people because you have to be the evil scientist. You have to be the the instigator. You're gonna be doing. I don't. I wouldn't say that. No, you don't have to be like the evil scientist necessarily, but that's the role you choose then, right? Exactly. But yeah. Okay. So in that respect, like that's 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 your heel gimmick. You uh you impose you impose your will on the subject, and it's just kind of like here's how I do shit when I'm in charge, like that. That's just that, but I also want to get the audience attention, and I want them to boo me, I want them to hate me, and I want them to come back to see if I get my ass kicked. That's what I want. All right, so it's like a mix of that with like the Howard Stern effect, 
because um because the the way I think of it is uh in in fucking private parts I always remember this is like oh you know he's got like this huge this huge uh base of people listening it's like like well what are people saying it's like well people who are listening to him to say uh they want to see what he'll say next it's like so why are why do people hate him listen to it's like because they want to hear what he'll say next <laughs> precisely yeah oh jeez <laughs> Well, we uh, to to rein it back in from the wrestling. Although I've enjoyed that, we do have some audience questions that I would like to get through, and one of them I think is interesting because it was pitched as potentially causing Libra to go on a rant. So I thought you first... wanted somebody else to talk for a while. I I did. Well, I'm gonna give you another opportunity. So Max Velocity asks, "What are your thoughts on Hive Mind TFs at risk of causing a rant from Libra?" So. Libra, do you have a rant for us? I don't exactly know what you mean by that. I can only extrapolate <laughs> what I assume is just somebody's consciousness being overridden by a central command sort of thing. You know, hence the hive mind, or perhaps a collaborative sort of shared consciousness. See, the question is upsetting because I think of several things. Mm-hmm. Uh so um, I'm going to just uh, say that I like autonomy. I always really enjoy autonomy. Um, if you want somebody to be a part of a hive mind, go ahead. I don't really know what to say to that. If it, if you think it's going to cause a... I, I, I'm curious as to why a rant was expected from me about it, but I'm a little too confused to to even rail on anything. Because... <laughs> I, I I just I'm just not sure. If you can give me a more narrowed down question, if it makes it to the next episode, you might get one out of me. If that's what you're really looking for. <laughs> so so what you're saying is Max Velocity, ask a follow up question, and we'll see if we can get that rant for you. I mean, yeah, yeah that's the let's <laughs> narrow it down for me a bit. Otherwise, I'm just gonna be. Otherwise, I can just complain about how I don't understand the question, then go into a bunch of other shit you probably didn't want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe okay. that's the rants. <laughs> you never know. Uh, how about you, Antifreeze? What are your thoughts on hive mind TFs? So, you know, I being you know a role player, my thing is I always have to be open and understanding, even if I don't like everything. I still want to know mm-hmm. what gets at people. So, for with hive mind transformations. It could be like a lot of things. I've seen some things with Borg. I've seen things with insects. You know, I would always ask first, like, okay, you're talking about high mind transformations. Can you really describe to me what you're thinking about? Like, with Libra saying, are you talking about a centralized system where one person controls everything about you? You know, I would want to know more about their personal things towards high mind. I wouldn't be like saying, you know, I hate it, I don't like it, all that stuff. I would really like to inquire and understand for a person that likes high mind, what really gets to them. And like how and understanding that like with that, how can I really appease them and to get to them what they've always searched for but never gotten. So for me, I'm always open to understanding a person's, you know, kink nature. And not really saying, oh, this is stupid because, you know, it's not totally what I agree with because it, it, you have to be open. You have to be, you know, empath- and empathic about understanding other people. So for me, I like high mind, but 
I would want to know more about what the individual person's likes and dislikes about certain things about the high mind that would uh, like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. I know personally, um, in terms of how I've seen it portrayed, I keep it into two camps, like you said, Libra, of like, there's like the Borg-like TF, where like you kind of get overridden, or, you know, for example, in Animorphs, when they TF into ants, and then they're like, oh, fuck, uh, because now they have to like deal with the, like, oh, they almost like lose their own free will and can't like TF back. Um, uh-huh. There's that element, and then the other side is like the Gath and Mass Effect, where it's like, when you bring a bunch of them together, they all collectively like become like more intelligent and can like work with each other to figure shit out but they all have like their own internal individual desires i really like the latter i'm not a fan really of the former um i've seen that done as well with like some like uh i guess like goo stuff when like you know if like the the goo or parasite or like venom type thing is like taking over you oh, that the can symbiote. sometimes be played yeah the symbiote thing there we go that's the word i was looking for i've seen that too uh, that can be kind of interesting. I that's can like get behind a that. Coex- one, but... That's like a coexisting consciousness yeah. thing. Like you, you, you can, you can just, you can like differentiate your thoughts from from its thoughts. Well, which depends I think on which, the piece. Depends well, on depend, the piece. Depends on the piece. But since you brought up venom, that's why I brought up like that yeah. distinction. Yeah. 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 I, and and um, I mean, it, I, I think I want to say this too because um. This this could be like a really fascinating way to do like hive mind sort of thing, you know. If you go in this in this spe- part of the spectrum is like I remember in Voyager, Star Trek Voyager, yes. um, there was there was the time when Seven of Nine um, lost connection to the rest of the Borg, yes. and it disturbed her because she was like, and, and you know, and typically it's set up as like a really horrific fate, understandably so. But, mm-hmm. you know, then it was suddenly humanized in a way that I never expected, where she was like, all the voices had left me, and I have felt, and I feel so alone now. And I'm just like, oh, shit, yeah. that's good. Like, the very vulnerability that there isn't, like, another at any given time to communicate with, to bounce an idea off of, to problem solve. It was like, oh, shit. You know, there could be something fascinating in being part of a proverbial hive mind, you know, or a collective consciousness. It's very interesting because, um, you know, there you can you can do it that way, which I feel is not explored well enough. Or you can do it in the horrific way. They do that yeah. in Berserk too. <laughs> of course, of course they do. I can't remember. I was gonna say too. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember the characters. It's one of the things in. Uh, fruits basket. It kind of relates to it, where like oh, yeah. a person, I, I can't remember the name of the person. It was a girl, and she wanted to get away from the family because it was very abusive. And once mm-hmm. the the curse finally broke, though, the like her boyfriend said, like it feels kind of lonely that what you always wanted to get away from now kind of feels lonely because now you're no longer you're no longer connected to that system. So I think with high mind is that. You're so connected to that system and following orders and following directives that once you're finally free of it, it kind of feels like you're lonely for the first time because you have you you have yourself, your independence, but you're you're never you're so used to not having that that now uh you miss that connection in a way. Yeah. Awesome. And then the other question I had comes from Figer Fire. 
And Firefire asks, what do you feel would be a way to introduce the general public to transformation as a positive experience as opposed to specifically being a horror type or punishment sort of situation? I don't know, Auntie, if you have any thoughts on that to start. That was I always start asking questions first. What do you mean by general public? Would you mean just like the overall like humanity itself? You know, you know, this is a general question, so it can mean anything, but like as a positive experience, you know, I would probably say, you know, even though I lead towards more the the semi-dark aspects of transformation, I would probably say wish fulfilling or someone what they've always wanted. It's a kind of a positive experience to finally get that. So uh, that wish fulfillment, I think, is a good positive experience or something they've always strived to be and getting it. You know, that's kind of, you know, good happiness and whatever. But like I said, it I would have to ask a question of what do you mean by general public? And then from that, I would start to kind of formulate, okay, this is what is a good starting point. From it. How about... All right, so so then so then let me let me let me narrow it down so that you know we can get an answer. Let's just say um, mainstream media then. Mainstream media because I because the general public would involve uh, you know creating a, an idea from almost any given person you talk to you know and that usually comes through media. So if we had to go through one thing, I would probably say. Uh, a body change where, you know, they go from an average person to, you know, gaining muscles and, you know, they're able to showcase it. Uh, so maybe they drink an elixir where, uh, you know, it talks about a transformation where they feel their body shifting and they can feel their muscles growing. And then uh, being able to showcase from one, you know, YouTube video to another of their progress without having to exercise, you know, that'd be something like that. Or, maybe becoming a furry or whatever. Uh, but something kind of of that kind of aspect where they indicate their their desire, their wish fulfillment, and then being able to show from point A to point C of that, that transformation. Pretty good answer. What about you, yeah. Zil? I mean, I feel like there have been a number of ways in which this has, concept has kind of been introduced into media. And I think the reason why perhaps within the TF community doesn't always feel like that is because a lot of it is introduced in like children's media. Whereas a lot of the transformation content that we see in more adult like settings is focused on horror or punishment. Um, I think one of the ways that can really change the perspective to some degree is to uh, Guillermo del Toro it and make it fuckable. (laughs) I think that um, as soon as you take that route, people would actually be more like, oh, I think I can see why that is enjoyable. All it takes is uh, seeing that someone wants to fuck a a sea monster, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Mm, yeah, you know, she's valid. And I feel like having that, but like applied towards TF would be one way to kind of change the, I guess, general public perspective on it, because it is quite rare to see it not in a horror setting, and there's a particular movie that comes to mind where it is introduced as kind of a fuckable thing but um we allude to that all the time so i won't uh, get too far into spring but um (laughs) yeah you know there's a lot that i think can be done when you take tf and put it into that sort of a positive situation and i wish there was more of that yeah that makes sense to me 
Um, if I'm going to talk about making it a, a mainstream thing. But mainstream positive. Mainstream positive. I'm sorry. Uh, very specifically to make it a positive thing. Um, I do like both your answers. I think what's also important is uh, willingness. You got to show people who want it. And I know that was already implied with, uh, with, Auntie, with what Auntie said, but less of an offer, right? A possibility and more like here are people who indulge in this and not only are they happy with it, you know, they, you know, they kind of live with it and around others in a positive way. That means like no, like carelessly uh, making other people change. I know, I know so many people like is like an LTFU and LTFU. Hee hee. You know, like if, if it's just kind of like, Hey, you know, if you have people, you know, showing off like that, you will have others be like, Hey, can I, can I be like you? And it's like, there you go. And then, you can imagine that you know that affects people when suddenly like your friend who you know you and your friend like say oh yeah you know there's this werewolf and you know i kind of like i kind of dig it i kind of dig like a lot of things about it and then before you know it you're asking it and you both you and your friend suddenly you're like wait i thought you weren't into it it's like i didn't either but now you know me too and i want to be one then your friend would be like do i want to be one too it's like that um you know it's like eating the food yourself, you know, in front of the baby to get them to eat. It's like that. Uh, make sure that you can have a good time with it and there isn't a lot of risk. I think people drastically understate how off-putting it can be when it's just like, well, you're going to be stuck like that for the rest of your life. Uh, this form is better, so you shouldn't worry about it anyway. Um, and, you know, blah, 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 this is more fun. When you force something on people like that, then... It's not really great. That is a thing that a lot of people do not like. So have people enjoy it and have people be willing to share it if others want it. And also, for fuck's sake, use it to help people. You know, it's 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 um it can be used to help people in a meaningful way and give people choices. You know, autonomy is so fucking important. I that's why I like the idea of being a shapeshifter more than anything. Uh, because the, the choice, the possibilities are, you know, are liberating when they're not overwhelming. If you at least give people one other choice, that fucking expands your world big time. And I would say too, and it kind of deals with role play in a way, but it, it deals with like general communication is one communication, but also to, okay, you want to do something that's not or or punishment so i would say create guardrails so if you want to do a transformation think about it first what would be considered horror or punishment and if that doesn't fit within the guardrails then throw it out you know having those guardrails of like i want to create a transformation that's a positive experience so have those guardrails that would define what you think is a positive experience and then craft whatever you need because I think sometimes where people get so excited about a transformation, they sometimes I don't want to get it. Sometimes it becomes a little bit unethical and it bleeds over what they consider to be positive. And it sounds like, well, it's, if it's a little bit like Dubcon, then it's still all right. Well, no, because now you're kind of bending what you want to do. So I think sometimes when you're thinking about a certain type of transformation. 
they want to explore it, create guardrails, and define what those guardrails are to create that transformation. Because once you put them up, you can kind of be able to avoid uh, any unethical or things that kind of bleed over. Well, yeah, and and in this case, um, like I'll build on it because this is fun, and I know we can't go on too much longer, but I just like to get out there. Um, you want to reframe the idea of the person who changes or is being changed as a victim. People default to the term victim to you know to distinguish people who are being changed, and I think that's really fucked up because a victim is a very distinct sort of position to be in. Mm, That's yeah. why I say subject because a sub, because you can be subject to anything, you know, you are the subject, you know, the word term subject implies like a focus, a concentration, you know, but a victim is just that, you know, there's nothing they could do about it. They didn't ask for it. They don't really want it, you know? So if, yeah, I think that would be like the key thing. Don't victimize the people who are changed or are changing. You always do like this like mixed curse blessing or whatever and shit like that. And it's it's delicate. That can be an entire episode as to oh, like yeah. what could make like what could make m make this mainstream and like change. Not mainstream. Yeah, specifically, I can't forget to make it positive in the eyes of other people. Yeah. yeah. That's an and entire discussion. And I will say one of the other sets of terms that I actually like and use quite a bit is TF -er and TFE. Like if you're the yeah. TFE, that's very like neutral. It's like what is happening to you? I don't know, but you are the person TFing, so you're the TFE. So yeah, I, I always like to throw that one out there too. Those are good too. Those are good, but I don't like victim. I think that unless mm -hmm. you really know why you're saying it, please discard victim from your vocabulary for this shit. I don't, I don't, I don't like it, and I think it actually doesn't help with a lot of mindsets for like how you want to treat other people. Mm -hmm. It also doesn't make it appeal. It's like, hey, do you want to be my victim? It's like, shit, you could have used a different word. You probably <laughs> would have had an RP partner, but you called yeah. me a victim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, that was all the questions I think we had. I don't know, Auntie, if you have any other questions for us. Yeah, the only question I kind of had is I know that you're on season three of this podcast. So mm -hmm. what would you kind of say, and you know, it, I don't want to say kind of get in long form, but like, have you kind of discovered more about, what kind of just discovered more about transformation ever since you've done this uh, podcast in a sense? Because I think, you know, this has been kind of the most long going podcast ever about this, you know, niche. Because I know there's been others, but, you know, it's been kind of every once in a while. But, you know, you guys have been trying to crank one out every week and, you know, discovering not just more about, like, OKR and writing, but now you have other people with other flavors of how they view transformation. So what do you kind of discover the most about it? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think ever since I started being a part of this back in season one, you know, one of the things I did learn, and I'll get to a more specific answer, but I do want to give one broad one, and that's, you know, how different everyone's interpretation of transformation is. And, like, we have these, we've had these conversations before in terms of, like, you know, what counts as TF? Is putting on your clothes TF? Like, what are the boundaries? All that kind of stuff. And those I find really interesting, but also just 
I think the ways in which each person views the concept fundamentally different from one another. Like, I don't think there's been a single person who has come on who would say, A, the, the same thing in terms of what they like and what they're looking for in terms of content, and B, how they view kind of the philosophy of the concept. And that's the thing that I really like digging into. You know, mm-hmm. digging into that sort of philosophical side is really cool to me. Um, if I wanted to be, like, even more specific in terms of things that I've learned, I mean, I think one of the interesting things I've learned so far throughout this podcast is just the fact that there, I I think I've found that there are certain things that I have become more open to in TF, like specific concepts or specific ideas. And I always consider myself a pretty open-minded person when it comes to transformation content, even though I have like specific boundaries around certain types. Um, But even then, somehow I think I've come out of this having expanded my horizons wider than I thought I would. And I think that's kind of cool. So, you know, beyond, of course, being really thankful to get to have these conversations on like a weekly basis, I think the main thing is just that I think my vistas have expanded and I'm grateful for that. That's pretty great. This is when the audience like gives back in a, in another way, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I definitely have, also learned uh, a bunch of things and it's kind of hard to narrow down which ones to point out but um what i have learned is that in doing this there is so much to talk about um <laughs> l- listen because because um i remember speaking with uh with pess uh pessimist and you know, I was telling, I remember early on, it's just like, well, you know, we're going to be talking about like what to do with the podcast. And she's like, I have no idea how you could really just talk about, you know, this stuff without just running out of content. And I was like, nah, there's, there's a lot to just extrapolate. That's actually, that actually leads into its own conversations. And this has been proof that each time we listen to an episode, it's just like, oh, yeah, that particular thing, which seems to be a world of its own, you know, mm-hmm. we can we can dig into that, and that could be really interesting. And it just proves to me that there is a ton to explore and appreciate beyond anything that I enjoy or I'm aware of. And to what you said, Zill, about um, expanding your horizons, like... It does that for me at a different rate, mm-hmm. but I can definitely, um, I definitely start to uh, now critically think differently about all the things I see and what yeah. they could mean. Because art is a language, you know, of its own. It's like, what does it mean when this is that, and so on and so forth. And now I can think about that as well. Um, there's mm-hmm. just a lot to talk about, and I mean. I'd like to be able to touch on as much as possible while we're given the opportunity. And I hope that people really listen because um, I want everybody else to be, to open up too. I'm open to a lot of your shit. I'm open to so many people's shit. Anytime somebody is like, Oh, I make art. I'm like, let me see. I want to see it. Come on, everybody. (laughs) Fucking come on. But yeah, I guess to also that point about the long, the length thing, um, this is episode 45. I was just doing a quick count, 45. Um, so yeah, we've 
had a lot to talk about if we could fill up 45 episodes worth of like an hour, hour and a half, even up to two hours worth of talking about TF. There's a lot that can be said about transformation, and I think we've got plenty more to still dig into. So. Oh, one other thing that, I, that I've noticed, and I think this is important. Um, this apparently has uh, been good for some people. Yes, that's a great point, too. This isn't actually turning out to contribute to what seems to be a community. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think that, you know, there's been a lot of really wonderful messages that I know I've gotten, we've gotten, you know, and No, mostly mostly you. I don't I don't get those messages. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, you know, I, I think that the messages that I, at least I have seen when they talk about the impact that this stuff has, and again, hearing people articulate all this stuff verbally, it, it means a lot and it helps to keep this going because you know it, it really helps in my opinion to continue that creative drive and mm-hmm. um you know if you also want to continue to help keep this podcast going you can always join our patreon at patreon.com slash tf tuesday pod uh, every little very, bit helps you know yeah very smooth segue um but um yeah i think uh you know that was pretty much everything for today and thank you so much antifreeze for coming on if folks are looking for more of your stuff where can they find you uh i'm mostly working on twitter unless that bombs because you know how that's going but uh you can find me and uh i have my stories on doc lab under antifreeze or anybun i have a lot of speaking handles but uh i'm on doc's lab i think it's antifreeze there or antibun bun and uh for Affinity is Microphone Underground, so you can find me on there for my stories, and I have some commission artworks. Yeah, nice. we'll have it in the dis- and we'll have the links in the description too. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. You've been great. I gotta say that for a heel, you are very giving and generous. It's quite the paradox. I think you should think about that. <laughs> well, I think you should think about like what it means to be a heel while being like, how can I serve you? Well, like I said. It- <laughs> Being a heel is like you're in character is that you're a bad guy, but out of the scenes you're probably one of the nicest guys. So I think that you see a lot of uh, it's one of the like the TV tropes as well, like uh, mean character. Yeah, but you're then, doing kayfabe and you're and you're doing like and, and that's like part of it because you're still doing it and that it's still a paradox. You just have to know the art to understand it. Exactly. So it's good to be bad doing- though. <laughs> Don't worry, don't worry. I I've learned to take bumps, and I appreciate wrestling when I see it more now. Exactly. I know what goes into it. Don't worry. It means they can appreciate your work now. More. Thanks for having me as well. And uh, you've been guys been great. <laughs> you've been great, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and um, keep an open mind. And uh, yeah. You do the other ones. I don't want to do those. Yeah. Well, I think everyone should stay hydrated and get good rest and have a good week and also stay TFE. So, yeah. See, it comes comes out comes out of your mouth better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. See y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>